Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. I'm a certified microdosing practitioner, menstrual cycle coach, and feminine embodiment mentor. And I'm on a mission to break taboos around women's bodies, periods, and psychedelics. On this show, we're exploring all things spirituality, sexuality, mysticism, and empowerment. Come along as I interview other coaches, teachers, healers, and thought leaders about all the ways we can feel more tuned in, turned on, and lit up AF. If you're on a journey towards self-discovery, you've come to the right place. This is The Light Within. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. Today, we are having a conversation that is possibly one of my favorites of this season. Isabeau Maxwell is someone who is a leading spiritual coach in intuitive development. And this conversation around mediumship, our intuition, and how to access your spiritual gifts will leave you feeling so lit up. You'll be looking for all of the ways universe spirit is speaking to you in your life after this conversation. Like so many things shifted for me after I had this chat with Isabeau. And so I just know you guys are going to fucking love it. Isabeau brings deep channeled knowledge and personal understanding to spirituality, and she's been helping people connect to their authentic, natural, intuitive abilities for over 15 years, y'all. She is an internationally known medium, author, and teacher who has touched so many lives throughout the world. She's known for her compassion and accuracy, her peace and comfort that she brings to her energy work, her transformational sessions, and her teachings. Now, she's also the founder of the Sage Method, which we talk about in this conversation, and you guys can find details on in the show notes below. She also is just someone who I'm blessed to have met and to just have been in her presence. This episode is also sponsored by my brand new sacred online community, The Sanctuary. Inside The Sanctuary, you will connect with other busy women just like you who are learning to combine sensual embodiment with mindful microdosing to tap into their divine feminine energy, claim pleasure as their birthright, and heal the core wounds holding them back from their most ecstatic life, even while working full-time and raising kids. You'll be guided by me along the exact same path I took to come home to my body to actually love myself and to heal the sexual shame that I felt after getting diagnosed with herpes at the age of 18. I know that you're tired AF and that maybe connecting with your pleasure and your body feels about as doable as climbing Mount Everest, but I also know you know there's so much more to life than just numbing out with Netflix, endlessly scrolling socials, and downing a glass of wine, or three, no judgment, so you don't have to feel those uncomfy feelings. And I also know that when you're on the healing journey, it can feel lonely as fuck. And so that's why I created The Sanctuary, to help you find your sisters, your special tribe of women who can hold space for you, connect with you, and make you feel supported through the journey that we call life. So if you are ready to confidently claim what you want and watch pleasure awaken the powerful and radiant version of you while you find your tribe of sacred sisters, I invite you to click the link in the show notes and use the code the light within for one month free inside this sacred community. I cannot wait to see you inside. So let's go ahead and welcome Isabeau Maxwell to the Light Within podcast. Isabeau, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I was really excited about today. Yeah, 
Me too. All right. So the first question I ask everyone who comes on the show is what ignites your light within? I am a cheerleader at heart. That is just the excitement I get <laughs> being that cheerleader is, is big for me. So to be able to help other people achieve something, that's where I really get um, excited. I love it. So for folks who aren't familiar with you or your work, can you just introduce yourself? I already did a little bit, but tell us a bit more about yourself and the work that you bring into the world. So for me, you know, we all have our own unique stories, right? For me, I would have bet anything against this outcome. I did not expect to be sitting here with you today uh, talking about intuition in a million years. So up, up until the age of 32, I was a complete skeptic. I am very um, scientifically oriented. I'm not against anything, but I didn't have religion. I didn't have spirituality. I didn't have any of those circles. I went to uh, college for mathematics. I have a degree in mathematics. I am so I'm really not the candidate for this. But when I was 32, my grandmother, who was across the country from me, passed away. I was fortunate enough to be on the phone uh, with my family members who were in the hospice room when she passed. And when it was done, I came out of the bedroom and my family left to go to the grocery store and get some, you know, wine and chocolate. I was like, thank you. That's awesome. Very supportive. And I was standing there alone, middle of the day, and she showed up in my living room. And it was uh, a little frightening, not going to lie. This is nothing I dabbled in, nothing I had any interest in. And yet here she was. She was, uh, for context, she was right in front of me. She was about 70% solid. So this wasn't one of those, like, maybe I saw something out of the corner of my eye. This was more like a, holy crap, that just happened. Yeah. And she was there for a few seconds and then left. At this point, I didn't have any reference to a lot of a lot of what I have now, which is the knowledge that these visitations are very common. Mm -hmm. And a couple more pieces of proof happened. I said, you know what? I'm going to, I love this, scientifically prove this. That was my first approach. I was like, oh, I'm going to prove it. You know, people haven't been able to since we've been walking here on this earth. But um, for some reason, I thought I could. And <laughs> by doing that, I discovered how to access our intuition. I learned so much about our intuition. Uh, and she did end up proving it to the point where I was like, there's no turning back. Today, not only do I do professional readings and such, as I've done for like 15 years now or something, more so I teach people how to do the same thing, how to go from sometimes no access to a complete open access and flow of their intuition. That's the cheerleader part. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so, wow. So discovering at, at what point did you finally discover, okay, I'm a medium and also like, what's the difference between a medium and a psychic? I love that question so much. So the point that I discovered that I was a medium, so I've, <laughs> I'm chuckling because back then I knew no one, nothing 
didn't know where to go. And this is back in 2007 when this wasn't really that big of a deal. When you said to somebody back then, I'm a medium and they were like, what is that? So yeah, I stumbled. I found my local Tai Chi instructor who I had met through another business situation. And I remember going to his um, place of business and saying, you're the weirdest person I know. Can you help me? <laughs> and he took my unknowledgeable, obviously lacking compassionate personality and said, Hey, this is, I can help you. He's a sweet man. Um, it was through him that I started to figure out what mediumship was. And I realized I'm a medium and not necessarily psychic, uh, cause there is a difference. And the, the difference between the two is very interesting. And I think when people get the concept of it, it, propels them forward into really being able to pursue where they land. It's a spectrum. On one end, there's medium. On the other, there's psychic. They're definitely not the same thing. And everyone lands somewhere. So I'm about 98% medium. Doesn't mean I can't have psychic experiences. It's just easier for me to tap in as a medium. The difference between the two is a psychic taps into the energy around a location, a source, an experience, an event, or a person. A medium has one-on-one -on -one communication with a conscious being. The joke I tell my friends is that if I lose my keys, I can't just, it, chances are good. I'm not going to be able to just close my eyes and tap into the energy of my keys. I have to wait to see if there's a deceased person around and go, hey, by the way, yeah, do you know where my keys are? Um, and that literally is actually an example. And it was, I lost my keys for an entire day. <laughs> and I walked outside in there and, you know, I saw someone and went, hey, do you know where my keys are? And they pointed to the back seat of my car. And I'm like, how do my keys? But they were back there. So it's, um, the analogy I use is if the person that you're reading is a body of water, like a lake. A psychic can walk up to the walk to the end of the dock, jump into the lake, swim around in different areas and pick stuff up. It's kind of more like a free ability to just kind of go with the flow where they want. Whereas a medium goes out to the end of the dock and has to wait for a guide or a deceased loved one to pull the boat up and then they got to get in the boat and then the boat drives them to where they want to go. So you, you really are kind of at the mercy and a mediumship moment of listening and and this is what I heard. It's it's not necessarily like psychic abilities where you can kind of direct where you're going. And so I think you said, if I heard you correctly, that we're all somewhere on this spectrum. Every single one of us. I am the poster child for if I can do it, you can do it. I I worked for a number of years actually with a guide too, not necessarily a living person, but with a guide. And it was wonderful because I would go to him, he would teach me something or show me something or explain something. And then I would go out into the world and then that would unfold in, like in front of me. And I'd be like, this is so spooky. You can't make this up. This is so cool. Um, but through that process of working with him, I, I, it was very clear and he made it very clear. Every single person already has 100% access to their intuition. The difference and the approach that, that actually works is finding what's covering it up and blocking it and removing that. So 
you know, years back it used to be, well, this person's gifted. This is not, that's a bunch of hooey. (laughs) That's just not the case. We have gifts, but we all have pretty much the same gifts. So, you know, and I've taught, uh, tens of thousands of people at this point over the years. And I have, I haven't run into somebody that hasn't been able to access something. So it's a matter of uncovering it. It's not a matter of gaining it. And it's not intuition doesn't classify as this one's stronger than this one. Everyone's intuition is unique and most everyone's intuition is blocked or covered up. Mm. All right. So let's talk about unblocking it then. So what are some of the main things that you think block our intuition? And uh, well, let's just start there. Absolutely. I After those two years of training with my guide, he then came to, because now I'm after about two to, two to three, somewhere between two and three years of training back in 2007 uh, or 2005, he said, I want you to take everything that I taught you and I want you to put it um, and bring it out into the world. So by this point, I'm now working as a professional medium. I went from absolutely, I mean, the farthest out there you could get from this to now I'm a professional medium and I'm booked. So I asked a few clients that I kind of liked and said, hey, can you be guinea pigs for me? And they said, yes. And so I took everything, I had the journals, I took everything that I learned. I did my best to condense it. It ended up being seven weeks long because I can't put it any smaller than that. And I sat with these with these folks for seven weeks and I was stunned. They were stunned. It was so much fun. That was the birth of the stage method. In that course, the unblocking focuses on unblocking emotional, mental, physical, and environmental clutters. It also focuses on blocking uh, some preconceived notions that we have. And I can throw out a couple super quick. Uh, that some people are more intuitive than others. Um, A preconceived notion of how intuition should look for each person. This is how they do it. So I'm going to try to do it that way. Now it doesn't work. So I don't have intuition. No, you do. Yours just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. So that's another preconceived notion that, that can block people. And also the all or nothing and patience. Those are two blocks that are really big and really common. The patience piece for me, whoo, I mean, there was days I was screaming. I was so mad. I was like, there's absolutely no point. I, I remember when I tapped in and got to know the guides and I'm like, hold up, you know, cause I'm that person that like, I'll look at something and go, it could work better this way. So I looked at the guides and I'm like, hold up. If I can see you, you can see me. And this is all, there's no reason that I need to wait for information, like, right? So I learned the hard way myself about patience, but patience blocks. Patience uh, slows the flow of it because the desire kind of clogs it up. Mm. And the other thing, um, patience was the one, and what was I saying with the other one? I I totally lost that train of thought, but um, those are the things that block it. Those are the things that slow us down. Oh, all or nothing. That's what it was. The all or nothing piece. The act of decluttering, the act of doing the inner work, the act of moving toward a practice of releasing impatience, the act of it is what opens intuition, not the final result. So that's another really big block for people. Mm. So 
when we uncover our blocks or when we at least start to commit to wanting to work on strengthening our intuition, do you have any practices that you like to help make intuition stronger? Oh, yes. Um, I have about 7,000 of them. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I have so, so many of them. Um, what are some of my favorites? Yes and no intuition. Yes and no intuition. And people can create this on their own. They can they can do this in their own space. Uh, that's a big one. Because if you can feel, see, feel, hear the difference between yes and no, uh, that's going to help you navigate more information to get that solid foundation under your belt. Uh, taking care of your energetic body, hands down, number one. If someone said, if there's one thing I can do, it's that you can acknowledge, take care of, and balance your energetic body, which takes 60 seconds a day. And uh, you would think it's one of those things that it's so simple, it's free, it doesn't cost anything, Every, you, anyone can do it. You would think that it wouldn't be effective, but it's really effective really effective because you're putting eyes on, on who you really are here in this agreed upon reality every single day. And by doing that, um, the empowerment starts to build. And so for folks who are listening, who don't know what the energetic body is, can you explain what that is? Oh yes. My apologies. Okay. <laughs> we have, we have three all bodies. Of listeners. Yeah. No, no, no. That's good. That's good. I just, I can get I have so much that I always want to share so much and I just keep going, but we have three bodies and you see this in all cultures all over the globe. You know, I get the common question I get is, you know, is the sage method attached to any particular culture? Are you aligned with? No, we have students literally all over the globe, all different religions and walks of life. Three bodies are a common uh, thing that you'll see everywhere. And in most teachings, I like to break them down in, and most all of my teachings is broken down into a little bit more generic terms. So we don't align with one thing because it doesn't work for me. So we have the physical body. We know what that is, right? This physical body is yab, yab, yabbing to you and <laughs> talking a lot. Um, we have what I call the programming body, which is our human mind here on linear time. And then we have the energetic body, which is our also known as the spiritual body, which is our spirit. So when we say we are a spirit having a human ex experience, the energetic body, the spiritual body is in the physical body having an experience. Wonderful. And so that's what you want folks to take care of just shortly every day in order to help tap into and make their intuition more strong. Absolutely. I, what we're not taught when we're younger, some are, I have run into people that were taught this from birth and I think I want to hug your mother. So I'm so grateful for her for doing this for you, but we weren't taught, most of us weren't taught about the energetic body. We were taught to take care of our physical body. When you go out into the cold, put on a coat, right? Personal space when you're standing next to somebody, but we, most of us weren't taught about our energetic body. And now Reiki practitioners, energy workers that are listening, they're going to completely, they're nodding their head. Yes, they get this already. The energy body holds the physical body and also expands outside of it. So our physical body is sort of inside the energetic body. It's like a big, huge suit that we're wearing. When somebody comes up to you or um, approaches you, let's just take an extreme example and says someone yells at you, mm -hmm. that anger, the energy of that anger hits your energetic body before the words ever hit your ears. Mm -hmm. And we carry that anger. This is why when somebody yells at you, 
you feel reactive because the energy already kind of came into your energetic body. That's what you're reacting to, not the words. Mm -hmm. And so when we're not taught to take care of this energetic body, these things keep happening and we keep caring. And we can, and next thing you know, we're laying in bed. We can't go to bed. We're reactive instead of responding and it's all cluttered. Then this is the fun one that I, I loved learning years ago. Then we decide we're going to do affirmations and we're going to do manifesting. Uh-huh. And what we don't, what we don't usually know is that when we manifest what's in your energetic body, you bring more to you. Your energetic body is like a magnet. So whatever is filled up in your energetic body, you bring more. So if I'm going to now manifest excitement, oh, I want excitement in my life. Why is everyone yelling at me? Because the yelling is already in my energetic body and that's a form of excitement. So it's, it's taking care of that space so it can be a magnet, so it can be um, you know, a little bit of a protector, and so it can help you with more clarity on your intuitive channel. Mm. And I know there's a million different ways to take care of your energetic body, but simply for those folks who might be just now hearing about this, is there something they could do that is just really simple? Or yes. like, and, and what are you like, visualizations? Like, What is your preferred method? My preferred method is called GCP. It was, uh, this was a tool that was given to me very early on by my guides. And while the components of this are very familiar to many people, the order of it, it kind of adds a different level to it where you can um, recognize each body in the right order type thing. GCP, and I try to teach as many of you, anyone that will listen, I try to teach them this because You do it. It's an intent exercise. You can just close your eyes and think through this and imagine. It's not intuition. It's intent and imagination. Um, You ground, clear, protect. That's what GCP stands for. Ground, clear, protect. So your first step is to imagine yourself grounding to Mother Earth. The second step is imagine clearing out all that old stuff that you should not be carrying out of your energetic body. And the third step is uh, protecting. Imagine like putting a bubble around you with a filter in it that says, if something is not for my highest good, keep it out. Mm -hmm. Then Bill comes up to you the next day and wants to yell at you, but doesn't. It's like, ha ha, Bill. See, caught ya. Can't yell at me anymore. But to be to, just not making light of it here, the the truth of it is, is grounding, clearing, protecting, especially when people use in their intent and their imagination elements uh, that speak to them. Are you connected to water? Are you connected to earth? What are you connected to? To metal. Bring that in. Give yourself 30 seconds where you imagine yourself grounding, you imagine yourself clearing out the old, and you imagine setting up this sort of protective filter bubble things change. I tell people do this for a week and it's going to be, it's, it's going to be stunning to you. Yeah. I can't wait to try it. So let's talk about, you kind of already mentioned this. You, you said the word imagination, like how do I know if it's my intuition or if it's just my imagination? You mean like, did I make that up? Right. I love- like, like yeah. did I, did I really think this? And, and also, you know, I think another part of that is, and this is something that I really struggled with when I began my spiritual journey. And when I was also 32, um, is this fear or is this my intuition? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Am I, am I being warned? Mm -hmm. Um, am I being anxious? Uh Uh, 
Yeah, right? Is this my anxiety? Am I worrying too much? Well, let me start with this. And then I have kind of a, a general tool that you can kind of start to apply in a way that works for you. Mm-hmm. But it's imagination versus intuition. That's really what the battle is. Mm-hmm. And what I will say is that there, there, is, there is no such thing as perfection in this question. Because, and I think also when we let go of that and go, okay, I might be too close to it. We are always, as long as we are having a human experience, balanced spirituality is about acknowledging that we are going to have human times that we can't tap in. We can't get the accuracy around something. You know, um, when we have kids, when we have grandkids, when we, you know, am I going to get the job? You're too close to it and that's okay. So once people start to let that go and say, okay, I might not be able to get accuracy on it. This isn't a magic, you know, kind of trick. If it was, everyone would be married to like their dream boat. So would 7 million other women. So, you know, it's, it, we have to acknowledge the human piece. But with that said, when we look at imagination and intuition, think in terms of push and pull. When we shift our words out of that which we're trying to achieve and into a feeling, that helps us navigate our intuitive channel. Are we pushing or are we being pulled? So the pushing is, was I thinking about this? Um, am I already worried about this? Did I, did I bring this up? Am, am I hopeful? Am I acknowledged? Did you have an emotion that was pushing this forward? Or was it pulling you? Meaning came out of nowhere. I haven't thought about that for, for weeks. And okay, that surprised me. That's not what I thought I would see. Mm-hmm. So really, uh, unfortunately, we have to start in that space. I wish there was, you know, magic little ticket with it that I could give you. But we do. We have to, we have to start to get used to the feeling. And what I tell people is it's very subtle, but I guarantee I've been teaching for so many years (laughs) and I've seen so many people walk through this process. I guarantee you will feel the difference. You will be able to get there. And then my second little tip around it is if something does happen and you're on the fence and you're like, I don't know if that was a push or pull bow. Thanks for that. That didn't help. Okay, that's fine. What I'm going to ask you to do is reset your space, wipe it away, blank slate, whatever you saw, felt, heard, just wipe it away and say, okay, I'm starting from scratch. And to your intuition, say, show me again. If it comes back, it's most likely your intuition. If it doesn't, it probably isn't because you are consciously holding yourself in a space of saying, I will only experience this if it's my intuition because you've wiped the slate clean, reset, look again and see if it comes back. I still have to do that occasionally, especially in my personal lives. <laughs> so. And so you you share all of this, you know, from this amazing like teaching that you receive from your guide. So let's circle back to communicating with guides and communicating with um ancestors. I've I've long wanted to ask this question, like are our spirit guides always the people that we've like somehow been attached to in this life? Like, are they always our dead ancestors? Can they be our dead animals? Like what's the deal with spirit guides? And is there like a usual type that would come to us? Yes. There's a typical type. 
what I'll say is that before we ever come down here, we do have a soul family. It's kind of like a, a, a connection, you know, the way I explain it is on the other side, it's like you're in a multidimensional spider web and at every intersection is a soul and all the souls around you are part of your soul group. Okay. And then I jokingly say, this isn't actual, but this is a fun way to say it in form. We sit down to play cards and we're just shooting the breeze and we're like, you know what, Leslie, let's come down here. Oh, what if we both opened up at 32, right? Like, yeah. and we were like, this is what's going to happen. And then we come down here and we have our life and some of our contacts come and go. Some of them are there the entire life. Some of them pass when we're here. With that said, not every soul contact comes down in every lifetime. Sometimes Leslie says to me, well, not this time, but I'll stay behind and guide you. Mm. That is the majority of, of spiritual guides are somebody that is connected to us that has our highest good in mind. The cool thing about guides is that they can see everything coming. They know everything that, that has been in the past because we're the ones on linear time, not them. So that's, and, but they also know that our, they know our general plan. And so they know we got to force them to take a left. We got to, you know, we got to get them to take a right. We got to get them to, to keep going or to slow down. And that's the guidance that's so powerful. Now, some guides can be people who were here in life and they passed and then they get onto the team. As a reader, more often than not, I see family members or loved ones come through you know, kind of off to my right, which is that they're, they're there and connected to you. But sometimes on a rare occasion, they'll come off to my left, which is where guides stand for me. Mm. And then they usually say I'm on the team. So sometimes a loved one will do that. And on a rare occasion, um, somebody who has a job down here spiritually to reach people or balance energy, whether people ever know about it or not, sometimes they might occasionally have a guide that is what humans would call a higher up, right? And uh, working with them for a little bit of time to adjust everything. And the, the number one thing I tell with people, because I know, I know I, when I start talking about guides, I know that at least half the people are going, that's great, but how do I talk to them? So, because <laughs> that's very common, the approach is most important. And the two key pieces to the approach that are the most important is commitment. Don't do it on a whim when you think it's great. This is like every day for five minutes, even if it's a one-way conversation. Mm -hmm. But the bigger piece is do it to be on the team. Don't do it to get answers. Mm. Guides are like teachers in the teacher's lounge. And we're the third graders pounding on the door going <laughs> wins recess. And they're like, we're trying to get our job done for you. Just stop. Right. Yeah. But if a kid pounds on the door and says, what can I do to help, help me? Mm -hmm. The guide will be like, I'm glad you asked, right? Yeah. Go do this, go do this, go do this. And so it, they're not like in charge of us or anything, but they're also not chit chatty and they're not in the human kind of groove. So get on the team. And the number one way to do that is my favorite question in the entire world. <laughs> what do you want me to know? Get out of your own way. Quit asking questions about yourself and just say to your guides, what is it you want me to know? 
readers, uh, com communicating with loved ones, uh, psychic information, guide communication, that question works on a hundred different levels. What that question says is, I'm not going to decide what I think in this human limited body is important. I'm going to give you the floor. And that's where information comes flooding in. Mm, I love it. I also love hearing that our guides are not always people that are like our dead ancestors. I'm adopted. So I have a lot of confusion about like that whole part of my like biology and where I came from, so on and so forth. And so one, this makes me feel really happy. But I also have this question, okay, are our spirit guides and the folks that pass over who might be on the team ones who have our best interest at heart? Or can we have like maleficent, like bad ones that want to kind of fuck with us. Maybe they're tricksters. Like maybe that's the energy or is that like not a thing? It is a thing. Uh, I'll lay it out like this. When um, I, I don't personally uh, sign up for the belief of a location of like heaven or hell. I'm just okay. going to say that right out of the gate. Okay. Nice. Um, I have, I, I personally have not seen anything that aligns with that. What I have seen um, that aligns with everything that I've seen over the years is that when a person here on earth passes away, when they die, they release that physical body. I love that we talked about the bodies earlier. This is so cool. But what they don't, what they release the physical body, but the, the spiritual body connected to the programming body, which is that mind on linear time, those two bodies go through what I call the in-between in order to cross back over to the other side. Okay. In that in-between, the way to say this then with the bodies is that person is the exact same person they were here on earth. They just don't have a physical body. Mm. So to be very direct, if they were a shit, they're going to be a shit in the in-between. It's how it is. Once they cross over, they shed the programming body. They shed that linear mind. They are no longer Bill, right? Mm -hmm. Yelling at people. I love that I brought Bill through that. Yeah. <laughs> That's you, Bill. But he, Bill's a nice guy. I'm just picking on him. But they no longer um, have that. They don't have the, the linear time emotions, fear, anger, judgment. You have to have linear time to have those emotions. So on the other side... It, it, it is good. It, it, it's the best of the people. It's the mm -hmm. best of the soul on the other side. But yes, it is possible to interact with spirits who are stuck in the in-between, either voluntarily or non-voluntarily. Okay, then how to, and so <laughs> of course this leads into what gets them stuck in the in-between and why would they be volunteering to be stuck in the in-between? Okay, remember I told you about that person that's a shit? Um, I'm just kidding, but well, kind of kidding. There are, uh, I've been doing crossing over work since about 2007 okay. and I have seen so many different reasons. Uh, there are moms that, that, that stop crossing over cause they're scared. They can't see their kids graduate. There are, um, they're predators that are not going to cross over out of fear of what's going to happen when they go the other side. There are people who have dogma that says, because you stole a pencil in third grade, you're going to burn. So there's a lot of fear. It's always fear-based mm -hmm. in the in-between. And we talk about manifesting 
here on earth, you know, the only thing stopping us from manifesting anything we want is this physical body. So when we let go of the physical body and we're in the in-between and we're the exact same person and I manifest that I am at a boys to men concert, then I am. That's it. You know, if I manifest that I'm stuck in a house, I'm stuck in a house. If I manifest that, you know, um, that, that, that white light that's up there is not white, it's flames, then that's, that's a very real experience for me in the in-between. And so it's a very difficult place for some, uh, however, what I will say before I'm freaking out any listeners is that the process of dying is automatic. An individual has to dig their heels in to the automatic people mover that goes to the other side. They have to dig their heels in. They have to psychologically fight the process to stay stuck. Listen to near-death experiences. They all say the same thing. It just, I just kept going. It was, this was what, and that's, and that's the case. It's um, automatic, natural, and easy. And a very small percentage of people get stuck, but the ones that are stuck can either be scared or they can, or they can be, um, you know, tricksters is the nicest way to say it. So when we are spending this committed time every day trying to communicate with our guides and we're asking, what do you want me to know? Is there a chance that we're going to get a trickster that's going to be like, burn your fucking life to the ground <laughs> or whatever they're going to say, right? Or or when we're working on that communication, is there a way to know like which one is the has our best interest at heart and which one might be like you said, the shit? Yes. Here's my analogy. No, this is a great, great question because I can't tell you how many times I've gone into houses to clean up after a Ouija board party. And (laughs) it's like, it's, it's, I can't stand those things. Um, that's not fair. If somebody knows what they're doing, go ahead and use it. It's a great tool, but you got to know what you're doing. So here's my analogy. If you're in your house and you take off all your clothes And you go stand in the middle of the street in in this neighborhood that you live in and you yell out loud, hey, does anybody want to talk to me? You got some odds there, hon, that that someone's going to look out the window that you don't want looking out the window. This is the exact same thing when we sit down and we tap in to talk to guides. Does anyone want to talk to me? This is where GCP is everything. Ground, clear, protect is the exact same thing as your naked butt staying in your house, locking your door, and then getting on the phone to a friend going, hey, you want to chat? Right? So GCP is, I can't say enough about it. It's its valuable. You have to take the chance. You have to take the, the moment to say, mm, I'm protecting my energetic body before I step into this. And then no, you won't have problems. Lovely. So I know that there are folks out there because I have them in my family who like will never tap into this, never want to like experience this and don't give a shit. And it sounds like you were that person before your grandmother came to you. Yes, um, I was. <laughs> and so I re- I doubt that they're listening to this podcast, but if you are, hi. Um, how are you here for 35 minutes? Like, what have you been doing? <laughs> Is this just on autoplay? Um, but like, how has this made your life better? And how do you feel like accessing these types of things is a tool to like help us live our best lives? So I will say this about skeptics, because like you said, I was one. 
not all people are supposed to open up. There are people that come down here specifically with plans to never open up. If they weren't here, you and I wouldn't be talking about opening up because it wouldn't be a thing. Right. We have to have the polar opposites on everything. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Some of them are just living their best life. Some of them are on vacation and they're like not really checked in to, to anything that's like required in this round and let them do it. Let them sit on a beach and eat Doritos, leave them alone, right? <laughs> That's kind of my thing on it. Um, help those who are moving toward it, but don't force anyone else on their path to change their path. That's my feeling on it. Um, but with that said, the me today versus 20 years ago, it's completely, it's completely different. I mean, the core of who I am is the core of who I am, but I have learned true compassion. I have learned true understanding. I have learned what it is to be self-aware and to observe. And it's massively powerful. Was it an easy path? Not all the time, right? I didn't, I wasn't thrilled about quote, seeing dead people. I was thrilled about having a direct line to my grandmother, but beyond that, it was like, ah, no. And so there was, you know, there was the process that I went through. What I will say is that when you open up your intuitive channel and 99% of the people that work with me are doing it for personal reasons, not professional. When you open up your intuitive channel, you step into the flow. And the way I define the flow is you're still going to have highs and lows, but the higher, but it all gets higher, meaning the highs get higher and the lows are not as low. When you're using your intuition and you learn when you to listen to it and when it's intuition, when it's an imagination, uh, which one of your five senses do you use? How does it flow uniquely for you? It's a game changer. And if I can give a quick example, uh, I was a couple years into this intuitive journey and I was trying to practice what I preach. I'm listening to my intuition. If it pops in, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going about my day. I'm driving my car. I had like an 83 sob. I don't know. It was really old. And I just thought this car was the shit. And I was like bragging to all my friends. It never breaks down. I put like carpet on the ceiling. I just, I don't know. I thought I was really cool. And this car never broke down and it didn't. So I pull up to a stoplight and all of a sudden I hear within myself, the car's going to break down out of the blue. Okay. Was that push pull? It was pull. That was pull. That's my intuition. Crap. I got to listen to it. And I look out my, (laughs) up the side of the car and there's a mechanic, a, a big, big brand mechanic. And I pull in there and I pulled into that because I'm like, I'm on my way to an appointment, but I'm going to do what I tell everybody else they're supposed to do. I'm going to do it myself. Practice what I preach. I pull in the parking lot. I pull into a parking spot and it dies. The second I pulled it into the parking spot and I was like, you can't make this up. This is wild. And I went in. Uh, they happened to have an opening right then happened to be like a small $10 repair. Have a nice day. I was off the road. I was back on the road in 15 minutes. Wow. So the the car's still going to break down, but I don't have to get towed. I don't have to be on the side of the road. Do you know what I mean? So our life is still going to happen, but when we're listening to our internal guidance and paying attention to it, we're going to kind of dodge and weave the really big, you know, 
painful blocks that come. That's why I think everyone should use their intuition. Lovely. I also have a car story that literally very similar thing happened to me last week. Um, yes. Yeah. Wild. So how can people learn from you? How can people work with you? I mean, you said you start, you're seeing dead people. So I'm sure there's like multiple offerings that you have in addition to teaching people how to open this up for themselves. Um, you said you clear up shit when people go ham on a Ouija board. So like, what are ways that people can connect <laughs> with and work with you? Yes. Yes. I Well, I tell people start with GCP. I, I put together years ago uh, what's called the top five intuitive tools. And this is guide communication. This is um, kind of an observational perspective. This is getting into the right vibration, GCP. It's, it's, a, it's a bigger course. It's not just a quick little freebie thing. Yeah. I tell everybody start there. Start with the top five intuitive tools. I have a lot of courses. I've got courses on like, you know, specialty courses, remote viewing, um, card reading, mediumship, animal communication. But the Sage Method course itself is based on both psychic and medium, helping you figure out where you are on the spectrum mm -hmm. and also figuring out how your intuition flows uniquely for you. Mm -hmm. That's what that course is about. So if someone's like, I want to start a course, that's the one to start with. Mm -hmm. But no matter what, that top five free tools is going to start opening you up. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Anything else that you want to share that we haven't spoken about? Let's see. Let's see. I am on a really excited kind of kick about the upcoming years. Mm. <laughs> so the beginning of every year, I know this is kind of out of the blue, but I was talking to somebody earlier about it today. The, every, at the beginning of every year, toward the end of every year, I talked to my guides to say what's coming up in the next year. And years ago, I started realizing they're pretty, they're, I'm pretty, that's, I'm a timeline reader. That's, I'm pretty, that's one of my areas of strength. And, um, while there were a few years, just a couple years ago, that I didn't really share any of that with anyone, um, I'm now we're now back in a space where there was indeed a really big surge of a spiritual awakening. There was. And it was so cool. And it happened in such a way that people were like, did not expect it to unfold that way. But most people today can see the difference in themselves from just a couple of years ago. 2024 coming up is going to be like your year to get ready. It's going to be like your year to start building what you actually finally want. Mm -hmm. And 2025 and 2026 are going to be really good. I'm just really excited Hell about yeah. that. Yeah. So, cause we've had, had a lot. Yeah. We've had a lot. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, I'm trying to be nice sure? about that, but oh, yeah. So, awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing all of your wisdom. We'll put links to the Sage Method and um, your tools in the show notes below. Thank you. I hope you guys loved that conversation. I hope you feel as lit up as I did having it. Like after hearing Isabeau talk, I just started to notice so many more ways that my intuition was speaking to me and you guys have got to go check out the Sage Method. I checked it out as well as got on her freebie list and y'all, amazing. So find all of those links in the show notes below for Isabeau. Again, you can also find all of my links in the show notes, including my Instagram at Leslie Draffin and your free code to join the sanctuary free for the first 30 days. Remember, it is just the light within. 
Thank you guys so much for spending some time with me this week. If you have a second, go ahead and give this episode a rating, review it, share it with someone you love. That really just helps me. It helps the podcast get to more people. And again, it helps to spread the mission of just shedding a little bit more light on the world. Have a wonderful week. And remember, there is no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time, babe.